Hello and welcome to the Mind Money Soul podcast. I am your host, Laura Ann Moore. I'm a money and mindset coach and financial well-being speaker, and my mission is to help you feel good about money and learn how to use money as a tool to live your best life and work towards financial freedom, whatever that means to you. Every week, I explore the emotional, practical, and spiritual sides of money. So if you're ready to get financially confident, grow your money, and achieve your big life goals, then you're in the right place. Change your mindset, grow your money, feed your soul. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mind, Money, Soul. And this is part two of my birthday special, which is I'm turning 30, the things I wish I knew at 20. Now, before we get into the episode, I just want to talk a little bit about the Feel Good Investor course because, oh my God, I'm so excited. So I was at an event recently with my friend Maya and Kagi Dunlop, which was really cool. And I had somebody come up to me from the audience and she was like, hi, Laura, like you don't know me, but my name's Hayley and I did your first ever Feel Good Investor course. Honestly, I thought I was going to cry. And she was like, I just want to say thank you so much because ever since then I have, like, I didn't know anything before. And ever since then I've been investing every single month consistently and she was like it has changed my entire life and she was like I was really scared to make that initial investment because I was so poor like and so bad with my money I was like no can't invest in this you know like but actually she was like I'm so glad I took that risk and did it because it has changed my life and that is what I want for all of you I honestly hand on my heart truly believe that investing will change your life it will change your entire financial future and I'm that sure in it I would be like join the course. And if you take the whole course and you get to the end of it and you go, I feel no more confident or I'm just not interested and it's just not for me, I would happily give you a refund. That is how much I believe in this mini course. So it is basically taken everything that I know about investing in the stock market for the last oh you know how many years and I've compiled it into a really easy mini course. And the key thing here is, especially if you're a woman, there is a massive pension gender gap. So when you think about your pension, it's basically the pot of money that you need to retire on when you're older. So maybe, you know, in your 60s. But what is happening is men are having nearly double the, on average, amount that women have in their pensions, and yet women live longer. So essentially, not only are we living longer than men, but we have less in our pension pots. Now, this is because of taking career bakes to have children. We're more likely to be the carers for our fat older like parents, all of these things. Um, and obviously the gender pay gap, which is also an issue. And all of these things affect us being able to put money into our pension. If just side note to this, if you are a, if you have a pension, you are an investor already, which is very cool. Um, but investing in the stock market allows you to have more control over your money, work towards financial independence and financial freedom yourself. This is for you. This is you are relying on yourself. You are making your money work hard for you so that no longer are you having to rely on, oh God, I'm going to have to be working until I'm like 90 because I don't think I'm going to be able to afford to live. Like how many times have you got thought about, you know, your life a couple of years down the line and you've looked back and you've gone, my God, I've earned so much money and I don't really have much to show for it. Like, yeah, I've got some nice holidays. I've had some nice experiences. I've got some nice 
clothes maybe, but I don't have anything that is working hard for me. That is what investing does. It allows you to work hard when you then get your hard-earned pennies, put that money to work so that further down the line, you are no longer having to work and your money is doing the work for you. It is so powerful. So if you want to join the course, it's only £199. It starts on the 6th of November and the course dates are 6th, the 7th and the 8th. They're the three main workshops. If you can't make them, you can catch them on replay um, and the doors are open. So grab your space. The shows are the link is in the show notes. But without further ado, let's get on to the episode. Okay, so carrying on from the 10 from last episode, we'll be moving on to number 11. So number 11 is your intuition never lies. Your gut feeling is there for a reason. Now, I spent my entire life telling people, telling people I met, telling my friends, telling myself that I don't have an intuition. I honestly, truly believe that I didn't have an intuition. I was so out of touch with it that I honestly thought I didn't have one. And it wasn't until I understood that I did have one. It was just buried deep under layers of beliefs, limiting beliefs of not enoughness, of all of the things. I had to peel back the layers so that I could find it. I had to like do the little detective work and... You, you need to learn what your intuition feels in your body. So I figured out that my intuition feels like it's kind of like a warm, fuzzy feeling and I get a tingly feeling kind of like at the top of my abdomen, like top of my stomach. And when it's a no and it's a, like a, be a, it's a wary, like a warning kind of gut feeling, it happens a lot lower in my stomach, more like the lower part. So even just knowing this was such good data for me. And I, there have been so many times where I go, fuck me, I knew that I should have listened to my intuition. I didn't realize that that was an intuitive feeling until you reflect. That's okay, but then use that as data for moving forwards because you are going to need your intuition for decisions in the future because we cannot logically think our way out of every situation. Sometimes something that makes logical sense doesn't make emotional sense or doesn't make sense just for you and your lifestyle. Sometimes something doesn't even have to make sense. You just have a feeling and you know that it's right or wrong for you. And the stronger that you can tap into your intuition and the stronger you can build that connection, the more it is going to serve you in life. I'm going to tell you a little story, which <laughs> I don't know why this just makes me laugh, but it's such a clear evidence of how your intuition works, right? I went to the cinema with my friend Emma and it was an everyman. So it was like one of those like fancy ones where you can get like food ordered to your table. And I was starving because I hadn't eaten lunch. I'd been working out all day. Anyway, I have hypo, I've got like low blood sugar, so I should really be eating regularly. So I, I'd fucked up a little bit. Anyway, we get to the we get to the cinema and we get in and I was like, I'm just going to get some like popcorn or a bag of crisps or whatever. And then I looked at the menu and I was like, oh, I'm going to get like some salt and pepper squid. I just wanted it. So I was like, okay, try to order it at the bar. They were like, no, no, you need to order it at your tech, like when you go and sit down. I said, okay. So I go and sit down at my, my chair, scan the QR code. The internet's not working. It takes me ages to get on the internet. I get on the internet. I go through the process. It kept freezing. Tried to then process it and it just kept timing out. And I was like, for fuck's sake. So I go back to the bar. I ask a lady and she said, no, you need to go to the bar. So I go to the bar and they were like, no, you need to ask the lady in there and she'll take your order. And I was like, I am being sent round the fucking houses. And I had this feeling in my gut that was like, don't order it don't order something else or like get a bag of crisps, like just don't order it. And I ignored it. So I went back to my chair. The lady came over. I ordered it. I paid for it. When it came out, 
Not only was it the most disgusting thing I've ever eaten in my life, but it was also covered in sweet chilli sauce and I can't eat anything sweet or sugary. And I was fuming. So that was a seven pound lesson that I learned in listening to my intuition. It's a small one, but it's an important one. Number 12 is holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I freaking love this one. I think it's such a good analogy. Like if you are holding a grudge against someone, you are only hurting yourself. It's like cutting your nose off to spite your face. It's not going to do anything. Being stubborn and not forgiving people is honestly going to eat you up inside. I think some of the saddest people in this world or unhappy people are people that hold grudges, grudges, be it against themselves, be it against other people, be it against the government, be it whatever that looks like. I don't know, but like that grudge holding onto and, you know, like through gritty teeth, and like, oh my God, I hate that person. It's not doing anything for you. Now, I would say I am a very forgiving person. I'm not very stubborn at all, but I also learned the power of forgiveness and not holding grudges. From my like early mid-teens to like early 20s, I have some people in my life or had some people in my life that did shitty things to me, both like date-wise and also like friendship-wise. They were toxic. They were not very nice. They made me feel really shit about myself. We won't go into it here. But I can honestly say right now, I don't hold a grudge against them. I've forgiven them. I haven't forgotten and I don't want those people to be my friends, but I have forgiven them and I don't hold a grudge against them. If I bumped into them them in the street and they wanted to have a chat, I'd have a chat. If I saw them, like I wish them well, I don't wish bad upon them at all. It's okay to forgive someone and not hold a grudge and it not mean anything. Like you holding a grudge does not mean you're a better person or like, oh my God, this person's not letting anyone walk all over them. You can still forgive someone and have boundaries. And I think that's where people get the waters muddied. And also people like, I'm going to say this, people love to play the victim when they have someone to hold a grudge against. It's like they already have anger or sadness inside of them. And by holding a grudge, you're getting to um, fulfill that need to get that emotion out somewhere, that negative emotion out. But instead of just feeling it and accepting it and getting to the root of it, it ends up getting put on other people and it's just not healthy. Okay. Number 13, investing in yourself is the best investment that you can make. Now, whether that is investing like in your education, in your skills, in your health, whatever that looks like, it is always going to offer the best return, no matter what it is. So whether that is, you know, going to a uh, university and getting a degree that's going to help you earn more, whether it's learning business skills so you can sap your own business and uncap your income ceiling, whether it is learning how to invest your money so that you can grow more money in the future. When you make an investment, the point of it is that you spend money on something that you expect to make a return in the future. Otherwise, it wouldn't be an investment. So for example, that's going to sometimes be tangible, sometimes it won't. So for example, education, you go to university because you hope and expect that by having a degree in your chosen field, it will allow you to either progress quicker or get a higher um, income that you wouldn't have had if you didn't invest that money in the course in the first place. If you um, invest in learning how to invest in the stock market, like the course, for example, that initial upfront cost, you expect to make a return off the back of the learnings of learning how to invest. So you're always expected to make a return. And I think the key thing is it's not you throwing money away, it's you making an investment in yourself, in your skills, in your life so that you can better yourself and have a better life and reach your goals and all of those good things. 
But just because we have access to the internet and there's so many free things, absolutely go and read books, watch pod, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, t- t- videos, can't talk, do all of the things. But also that's not to say that all of that information is going to be free. There's going to be a time investment and there's going to be a money investment. Time investment is obviously you offering up your time and energy to learn something that might be free content, not free content, but it doesn't matter about the price. And then obviously money and physical, like financial investment is you are giving your money over for something. Now, sometimes that also might require you to invest your time and energy or sometimes it won't. But the key thing is an investment in yourself is going to pay the biggest dividends, but it's not necessarily always going to come free. It might come at a cost. So like if this example about the feel good investor course, right? I spent a year learning, compiling all this information, researching, doing all of the things so that I put it into a short mini course so that people save time. So when they pay me, or pay for the course, they are saving themselves all of that time trying to figure it out for themselves. They are going to someone who has done the work before them and is offering it in an easy to digest way. So for example, when I joined a mastermind uh, about a year ago, it cost me about £15,000 because I was working with somebody who has got a much more successful business than me. And I was learning all the mistakes she'd made. I was learning things. I was fast tracking myself. And it was one of the best investments I could make. It was also one of the biggest investments I could make or had made, have made today. But it helped me like fast track my business. It helped me like cut corners because I was doing it with somebody who had an opinion and an experience in it. So an investment in yourself always will offer the best return. Number 14 is your life is defined by the monotony of what you do every single day. Now, I love this one because I remember watching a TikTok video and this girl was like, she was Australian and she was like, oh, I've just realized what you do with your day every day is your life. That is your life. It's not the bigger things you want. It's not your goals. It's what you do on a daily basis. And I was like, oh my God, it hit different. I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, like the past and the future only exist in your mind. All we actually have is the present. So how you are treating yourself, how you are acting, how you are behaving, the things that you are doing on your day-to-day basis is your life. Take an example. I love live music. Love it. Because of COVID, I couldn't go as much. Couldn't go out to gigs, couldn't do all of those things. And I'd be like, oh my God, I love live music so much, so much. And then I was like, oh, I've literally not seen any live music properly for like two years. And I was like, I have to be proactive. And if I love live music that much and I want that to be a part of my life, I have to go and seek out live music venues or buy gig tickets or whatever that looks like. You have to do the things that you actually want to do because that is your day-to-day life. And I know this sounds stupid, but you're either going to get that one or you're not. I've heard that before and didn't really understand it until I saw that TikTok video and then it changed my life. And I was like, mic drop. Number 15, going on dates is more about you than it is about them. A lot of the time we go on dates, right? And we're like, oh my God, I hope they like me. Like, I hope I'm coming across well, etc. But actually you want to stop and go, mm, do I like them? What is it I like in them? What is it I don't like in them? This is just as, just as you want them to be doing that to you, you want to be doing it to them as well. You don't want to give all the power to them and they're getting to decide, they're getting to choose. You want to make sure, pardon me, you want to make sure that, that you feel good about it too. 
I honestly have learned so much from going on dates over these years. I've learned what I do want in a partner, what I don't want, what I like, what I dislike, what my boundaries are, all of those things. And I've been single for 30 years and I would rather do a whole nother 10 years completely single until I was 40 than get with someone that doesn't make me feel good, doesn't respect me, isn't right for me and doesn't add value to my life. Now, that's not to say anybody out there who's watching and listening to this, like, if you're in a relationship that's really not right for you, like you've made a massive mistake, it's just a learning curve. And you can come away from that and go, okay, I learned something from that situation. But that is why dating is so important because you learn so much about yourself as well as them. Number 16, learn how to establish boundaries. Having boundaries does not make you a selfish person. I'm telling you now, like, Having boundaries is so important for your own mental health and also for the other people because when you implement boundaries, other people will respect you and hopefully start to implement their own boundaries. You having a boundary with how much time you can offer someone, how much you can be there for someone, what you're going to do for someone, whatever that looks like, is okay because you have to be you have to be your own number one priority. You have to make sure that you are doing what you need for your own health and having boundaries is healthy for everybody involved. I wish I knew this sooner because I just used to do everything for everybody at any point. I would put my shit behind like when I was younger and you know 18, whatever, 19, and we were going out and like we were on a night out. I would do everybody else's, it sounds really like trivial, but I would do everybody else's hair and makeup but my own because I was really good at doing hair. I was really good at doing makeup. So people would be like, Laura, can you contour me? Laura, can you like do my hair? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would never get enough time to sort myself out. So I would always end up rushing my hair, rushing my makeup, feeling like shit, not feeling good enough, all of those things, all because I didn't have healthy boundaries. So if, yeah, of course I can do it, but let me just do me first. And that's just a small example of how you can implement a boundary. But it was a massive one for me to learn. And boundaries are going to look different for everybody also at different stages of your life. And I think the hard thing about having a phone in nowadays society is people assume that if you have a phone, you are contactable 24-7. Having boundaries with your phone are so important. Like if someone texts you today, you do not have to reply today if you do not have the capacity, just as you need to have your own boundaries with your phone. Don't go on your phone the second you wake up because that's really bad for priming your brain for the day because then you're seeking short-term dopamine versus that long-term dopamine. So don't go on your phone first thing in the morning. And that is another way that having boundaries can literally change your life. Number 17, the only constant in life is change. I'm going to say that again. The only constant in life is change. I love this one because not only does it help you acknowledge that you're not always going to feel a certain way. Like if you are feeling a negative or a discomfort or an uncomfortable feeling, it's not always going to be like that. It literally can't always be like that. It will go and ebbs and flows. Just as if you're really happy and you're really joyful, know that that also is fleeting. So that will change too. So enjoy it as it happens, knowing that it's going to come and go. And the key thing about this as well is you're allowed to change your mind. If you want to change your mind every single day about something, you absolutely can. If you, life is about growing. You are going to be growing for the rest of your life. If you, if you want to, some people don't grow because they choose not to. (laughs) 
learn and reflect, but that's a whole nother episode. But growing and changing is really, really important. I think we get asked to make decisions decisions about our lives, really important ones from a really young age, and you feel like they have to stick, like what you choose for your A-levels, what you choose at university. If you go to university and you do maths and then suddenly you decide your mind and you want to be a singer, that's okay. It's not waste. It's not that's not shame on you. You're not a failure. You just changed your mind and that is okay. And if you have people come to you and they're like, you've changed, you'll go, oh my God, I know it's great, isn't it? That will stump them because they'll be like, oh, I should be changing too. Wonder if you are like party, party girl, you go out drinking all the time, you're out on the town, you're out and about, you're living your best life, but you're getting drunk and you're really hungover and you go, I'm ready to be like a matcha drinking yoga girly. And one day you just wake up and that's what you want to do with your life that's okay. And then if you suddenly change your mind and you're like, okay, well now I want to go and like work for a big corp and I want to be like sex in the city, like, you know, kind of girl going out on dates, being mysterious. Okay. You can go and do that. Like all of those versions of you could exist all at once if you wanted. But the key thing is it's okay to change your mind and change is the only permanent thing in this world. When I decided that I didn't want to be an actress anymore and that I was going to set up a blog and I was going to move to London and just like see what happened. Oh my God, that was so hard for me because it was so much part of my identity being an actress. Like I would go to parties and I would get introduced as like, hey, this is Laura, she's an actress. So then to have that part of your identity taken away, I was so scared to make a change. I was just like, I feel like a failure. I don't know who I am, but I was brave enough and bold enough to go, but this is what I'm doing. And I did it. And now like five years down the line, I'm not, you know, Laura, the actress. I'm, hi, I'm Laura. I'm a money and mindset expert. And that's how people know me. And I, five years ago would never have thought that, but I committed to the change. I knew what I wanted. I went after it. And suddenly over time, you realize how things change and it's so beautiful. Number 18 is your daily actions literally become your life. So this is kind of from the James Clear book about being, about habit stacking and about being 1% better. But it's so important to create habits and create a routine in your life that supports you and helps you work towards what you want. Because people overestimate what they can do in a week, but underestimate what they can do in a year. If you want to get fit, You do not have to spend hours and hours and hours at the gym and restrict all of your eating and go like hell for leather and then expect to be skinny at the end of the week. Instead, what you could do is build a routine whereby you exercise two or three times a week, you enjoy doing it, and then by the end of the year, if you are consistent with it, you will literally look so different. And I have curated or created a routine for myself in the morning and the after in the evening that works so well for me that I feel like I couldn't live without and I kind of like you know there's different variations of it but it's like wake up I ice my face I think about what I'm grateful for I walk to yoga or I do a yoga class I get matcha come home I get ready and you know sometimes I read sometimes I journal sometimes I meditate so there are different things in there but those habits are not only what help my mental and my physical health but I also trust that over time they will compound and that's what small marginal gains is about like over time the small little habits is what makes up your life and who you are as a person. So that is your routine and your small habits are really, really, really important. 
Number 19 is you cannot control everything in life. So focus on the things that you can control and do your best to ignore the things that you can't. So when I read Stephen Covey's book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, there's this thing called the circle of influence and the circle of control. No, the circle of concern and the circle of influence. So the first circle, the circle of concern, contains things that you don't really have much control over. So that might be things like the economy, people's attitudes in society, the way that people drive, the decisions that other people make. Like they're the things that you have no control over, really. And devoting your time and energy to them is usually a waste of time. He used the example of it's kind of like shouting at the telly, like it literally doesn't do anything. But in our circle of influence, which is usually a lot smaller, it contains things that are in our control. So our style, the places that we go, the people that we hang around with, the choices that we make, the food that we eat, the TV that we watch, they're all things that we can control that have a massive impact on our own lives and lifestyles. Now, if you focus your energy into the circle of influence, you can implement very effective change. It's very, very impactful. And it gives you autonomy over your life and it allows you to focus less energy on the things that you can't control and more energy on the things that you can, which means you start carving out a lifestyle that you're actually really, really happy about. And if there is a situation that you cannot control, but that's making you feel a certain way, instead of trying to change the situation, change how you view the situation, change your perception and your mindset towards the situation. For example, the weather, we do not, and we cannot change the weather. So if it is raining, you have two options. You wake up and you go, for fuck's sake, it's raining. Like, I'm really annoyed about it. And now I'm going to have a bad day. And now this, or you really acknowledge, I actually can't do anything about the weather. So instead, what I'm going to do is prepare myself, you know, make sure that I'm wearing good clothes and I'm going to change my view. How beautiful is the weather? It's going to wash away the bird poop that's on my window. I can go outside and dance in it. And it's very beautiful. So like the perception of it changes the energy of it and it will change your mood and the way that you show up in life. And the final one, which I had to put on there, it's a very vulnerable one, um, but I think it's really important for me to talk about, especially for us gals, is that sex can be fun and safe if you do it with the right people. Now, I really struggled for years around this idea of like enjoying sex, who it was for, who, what was meant to be going on, you know, how I viewed my body, how I viewed myself in that situation. And I very much felt like it was always more important about the pleasure of the other person and never of me. And I honestly, on my hand on heart, have probably only started to change my opinion on this or my feelings on this since January this year. So like less than a year. And now I'm like, oh, sex is meant to be enjoyable for everybody involved, not just one party. And it's meant to be, it's okay to feel vulnerable in that moment, but you're meant to feel safe. And doing it with someone who makes you feel confident, makes you feel safe, makes you feel, you know, whatever, is really, really important because sex is there to be enjoyed. And sex isn't something that we should be ashamed of or that we should hide about. It's something that is there to, you know, it's one of the pleasures of life. So... Yeah, I would say my last tip is, if you're listening to this, it's really important to know that sex is for you and that it's meant to be enjoyable and it's meant to be fun and it's meant to be with someone who you actually enjoy doing it with. So yeah, that brings us to the end of the special birthday series on um, 20 things I wish I knew at 20. 
hope you enjoyed them please feel free to slide into my dms and ask me any questions or share with me any thoughts um and i hope you have amazing weeks and i will see you next week 